It's Reapma. He's an idiot. The man is an idiot. And Faust. You are a waste of life and you should give up. On Sports Radio America. Yes, it is Reetma and Faust, and it is the 123rd episode of our illustrious show history. I am Jake Reetma. He is Alexander C. Faust, fresh off of not only a trip across the pond mm-hmm. to Europe. Yep. I just said Europe because I don't remember exactly what country. Uh, multiple countries. Oh, the Netherlands shit. and Denmark. Great yes, show yes, off. Multiple. Show off. Mm-hmm. World traveler Not here. a big deal. And you spent some time in Holland, obviously, in Amsterdam, while also giving us the substance for the rest of the show, maybe the world's worst tweet we've ever seen. And that's what we're going to have to debate. And, <laughs> and, that's, and that is, that's sound effects coming in. The tweet was that bad. That's what we're talking about. We are going to debate that tweet. We'll get into it a little bit later. But yes, I am back from Europe. If you were following on the Twitter machine, at Show. On the Twitter. Great plug. Uh, yes, at Reet yes. Show. Went live from Johan Cruyff Stadium. For We're big soccer guys. Huge soccer You're guys. You're a big soccer guy. I just have been to a lot of soccer matches. Yes, Sick you've rag. been. I've been now. And I took, I have to give you credit because initially going in, right as I was about to enter, there was kind of a... Uh, Fan stand, or I'm blanking on the correct word, uh, um, like a store where you can buy goods. Souvenir. Souvenir. Souvenir stand, right? But it wasn't the official team one. Kind of a knockoff one oh, a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah. I'm about to go into the stadium, and I see the scarf. Yeah. The game day match scarf. And I thought about you going to the game with your scarf, and I got to give it to you. It made a huge difference. Yes. Did they, when I was at Olympic Stadium in Rome, Italy, ever mm-hmm. heard of it, watching AS Roma, there was a portion of the game where you held the scarf. Yes. With both hands stretched out in front of mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. and we sang Roma, Roma, Roma. Don't know where they got those lyrics. Right, yeah. right. But it was nice because no matter what language, there, the language barrier wasn't in effect true, there. You just true. kept singing Roma. What song did you guys sing, and did you have the scarf stretched out in front of so you? So I expected the scarves, hence kind of the reason I bought it, but I also wanted to get selfies to look like you when you were in Rome. A lot of people um, want to look like me. It was the Champions League quarterfinal, first time AX has been there in 20 years, big deal. So they passed out flags, right? So everybody had a white flag. They sang this weird, freaky-deaky Dutch song. Wait, white flags? So you're just waving White's, the surrender Yeah, just flag. surrendering, just the surrender Good. cobra, everyone. So they did that for five minutes. No one ever did their scarves. And then they switched to like a red piece of kind of almost wrapping paper and shook it to make noise and did a song. But the only chant or song I really understood was this really crappy European techno version of Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. Those people went nuts. You would have thought it was the Backstreet Boys in the 90s when that song came on. So that's really the only one I could understand. All right, all right. Interesting. I'm already bored with your recap. And the game was great. Good, good. Glad to hear that. But Faust is back from his trip across the pond. It's mm-hmm. Reetma and Faust, the 123rd edition. It's our post-Masters show. We're yes. going to be heavy, heavy Masters. One, because I want to talk about it, but two, because it's not worth talking about that dumpster fire we know. I'm not going to say no in love because I'm done loving them, the Detroit Pistons. Disgusting. Yes, it will be on the show agenda a little bit later on, but without further ado, Faust, this is... The written tweet we it's have out there. from April 8th. You put this on the internet for everyone to see. The beginning of Masters Week, Monday. I knew what I was doing. This is from at the A Faust Show. Not to be confused with 
Reitman Files show, but mm-hmm. we did retweet it. Here's the words for you and everybody else to read and somehow try to defend. Straight from my thumbs. My most controversial take, because it's Masters Week, dot, dot, dot. The Masters is overhyped. Do not take that as I don't like it or it's not great. It's simply overhyped. Spot the lie. The li- How can you Spot overhype something that is so magnificent? Did you witness what went on? After you sent this tweet out, it was captivating television. It was can't miss TV. It was Sunday at Augusta. Tiger freaking Woods, Eldrick Taunt Woods comes away with his fifth green jacket, his 15th major overall, Mm -hmm. a comeback for the ages, over 14 years in the making. Loved it. Loved every second of it. I loved the Masters, and this is where... So how can you overhype that? But this is where stupid people like Mitch, our former producer, producer do not understand the tweet. You have to read the tweet, right? You have to really dive in. Dive into the tweet. Admittedly, when I see your tweets, I do not do this, so go on. Cannot blame you on that. Also, I should have mentioned our... Reitman Faust Golf Insider, the one and only Blake Blomberg, set to join us in just a few moments. And he's heated about this, too. As he should be. So I have already said my piece. I have roasted you. I thought it was one of your dumbest tweets of all time. And that's saying something. Yeah, because you've had a lot of dumb ones. But go on. Yes, go on. Continue to defend yourself. So here's what it is, right? It, It has nothing to do with the actual play. I always watch the Masters. I love the Masters. We've dedicated hours of airtime to the Masters, but it is the hype. We're huge, and we're good on the course, too, as we've demonstrated numerous times. We need another company golf outing. Coming soon. Hopefully, Blomberg can get us on Fieldstone for free again. Just a little plug there. But it is the hype leading up to. It's almost like every white guy or finance bro in their Patagonia vest says, it's Masters Week. All of a sudden, I'm going to care about golf. 90% of you have never had a pimento cheese sandwich, so don't talk about the fact that it's only $4. (laughs) It, it just, I don't know. It's like you now everybody's going to forget about golf instead of watching the actual tournaments, which is sick brag. I actually watch pretty much every weekend, and I know you do too. Not that you're watching the whole thing like the Masters, but you tune in. But everybody's like, oh my God, it's the Masters, the Masters. And they're walking around with a 6 to 12 hard on because it says the Masters. It does not take anything away from the product from the tournament but the hype train and here's what i compare it to and i can't believe i'm about to say it but it's a narrative in the state it's a narrative you can relate to it is very much a michigan football type hype train and i specify it to rashawn gary the hype was out of this world that doesn't take away from the fact that he is a good player he will be a first round pick in next week's draft but the hype is absurd and that with the masters is what i'm talking about you as a Michigan fan, Alexander C. Faust, yes. admitting that Michigan football and Rashawn Gary specifically are both overhyped is enough for me to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on this, let you think what you want to think, Mm -hmm. and I think we can move forward now. We're going to go ahead. Do we we have Blake Blomberg, the Reitman Faust uh, He's a little bit of a prima donna. We're getting him on the line. Let's get him on the line so we can really start to discuss what transpired 
not just Sunday, but for the entire tournament at the Masters and how good it was. Ladies and gentlemen, Blake Blomberg, the Ritma and Faust Golf Insider. For those of you that don't know, Blomberg was a Division II golfer at Northwood University. He has worked at golf courses. He knows everything there is to know he about is the golf. game. Yes, and that's why he is our golf insider. Blake Blomberg, our golf insider, my friend. Good to speak with you. How the hell are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, uh, just uh, still can't get over the fact that obviously over the weekend something transpired that was that was something that was great, something I never really Did you ever think you would see that again? Of course, we're talking about Tiger winning his fifth green jacket, 15th major overall. I want to I want to take you back to the moment where it became evident he was going to in fact get it done and win. What were what was your emotional level? Uh, you know, the emotional level to me, you know, obviously growing up, you know, Tiger was the guy, right? Tiger everyone wanted to wanted to be like tiger everyone had the red the red uh polo and you know the nike clubs and, which are sold out right now across well, all dick sporting goods yes that did is you correct. try to get one <laughs> yeah i did naturally yeah I, I had a buddy of mine uh he wanted us to rock red mock polos up at our memorial day golf golf outing and ultimately they were sold out See? myself Myself wouldn't look good in a mock turtleneck, but uh, oh don't no, sell yourself no, short. Don't we've sell seen you. Short. That body is unbelievable. Yeah. Although you yeah. are more of a powder blue, navy blue, sport in the Northwood colors, as I already mentioned. You're, um, you know, I, I believe all American, right? Best at, golfer I've ever seen at the seen. collegiate level, something like that. Uh, unfortunately, may, maybe not the exact uh, description, but uh, yeah, I, I had some good, had some good times at Northwood. But yeah, I'm a powder blue. Uh, like blue kind of guy so uh, but no I mean it was probably the time when I thought Tiger had a good chance to win was obviously when Molinari won the water at 12 prior to that I just you know sitting in the water sitting around talking to my buddies it's just it, it wasn't evident that Mull and I was going to, you know, choke or collapse. And even then, I, I guess that didn't really give Tiger uh, the best opportunity because that, that actually opened the door to more guys. There was Dustin Johnson, Shoffley, um, you know, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler. Yeah, my guy Ricky, he kept it interesting well, for me. Uh, it, it was a typical Ricky Sunday. He was close where he, everyone thought he had a chance, but he really never had a chance. Yeah, but did he look good? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's oh, he's going back with the long hair and the stash. Like, I'm, in, that, I, uh, I'm into that. Not a I'm into that. Blomberg, speaking of emotions, and I think Jake made a great point there. What were your emotions? Did you cry? Because I just pictured every 40-year-old white man crying. Like, we as kids watching him growing up, did you cry? Uh, that's a, uh, you know, there was... Don't there you was, dare lie man to our card, audience. Pull his man card. <laughs> Don't you dare lie to us, Blomberg. <laughs> I'm not lying. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. It, it was. was. Well, answer the oh, question. Yeah. Did you cry? Yeah, yeah. Man oh, card. Loser. Yeah, God. Because we're tough football guys. We don't feel emotion. Yeah, we stand five yards away from the kickoff line and hit our heads. <laughs> yeah, kickoff. But anyways, Blomberg, back back to it. Okay, so you talked about 12, right? You talked about 12. You go short like Molinari did. You end up in the water. You go long, you're in the bushes. If you're playing that, do you just have to go straight for pin, or how do you play that? 
uh, you probably play just the way like Tiger did. He, you know, he stepped on a nine iron because Molinari had an eight and Finau hit eight, and they both came up short. And Tiger, you know, said he was. He told Joey that he was going to hit a hard nine and you know stick with the game plan. And he went mm. to the center of the green, which actually, you know, most people don't think is that's the best way to play it, center of the green because if you come up short, you tend to roll in that right. front bunker. And if you go long, you're in that back bunker. I always go but, long. Yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly. But I mean, they're they're not easy ways to get up and down because then you know you're either. Uh, you know, short side yourself in the front bunker, or if you're in the back bunker, you're hitting towards Ray's Creek. So, uh, mm. but obviously Tiger did what he needed to do. He made par, Molinari made five. And then at that point, you know, ball game was on. Uh, and, you know, Tiger did what he needed to do. He hit a good drive on 13, made birdie, and then his second shot into 15. Once that, once that landed, and he had a chance to two putt uh, 15 for birdie. That's what everyone started to think. Man, this is actually going to happen. And then he hits it to a foot and a half on 16. And, you know, really he played He played those last – he played the back nine about as good as he could have. Besides his tee shot on 10, that back nine was, was pretty solid. Blake Blomberg, the Ritma and Faust Golf Insider with us. And, Blake, I wanted to ask you about a couple of the points I brought up in my column on 971theticket.com. Yeah, that's a shameless plug, guys. I write for a website. It's <laughs> not a big deal. And I wrote about Tiger and how for for the first time I can recall, he appeared vulnerable on the course. You know, he's had obviously everybody knows about his decorated past and he's had those embarrassing moments, but when he was on the course, he was always this this terminator like competitor. But for once in his life, I thought after he won it, and his kids were there, and he hugged them. He actually appeared like a human being. Do you think this this victory, now we're seeing a new side of Tiger, and what do you think the future of Tiger Woods looks like? Yeah, there, there's no question. I mean, Tiger, like you said, he was that Terminator-type guy. He was sort of out for blood. Uh, you know, he wasn't a guy that you'd really see embrace the crowd and just sort of by himself. It was just him and his caddy, whether that was, you know, Steve Williams or if that was, uh, that was LaCava. So I think now, I, I think he understands the injuries helped sort of shape where he is now because I think there was a realistic opportunity uh, that he was never going to play again. And I think that allowed him to sort of push for him to figure out an answer, how he could get healthy and then how he could try and make a, a transition back in, into competitive golf. Because you hear him say in interviews, his kids, they have to watch YouTube to see what, you know, what their father did. They never got to experience what Thank goodness what, YouTube was there. Yeah, to film. Uh, Good for YouTube. Yeah. YouTube was there to We'll have film. to get him to invite to do maybe episode 124. Perhaps. We'll yeah, we could get YouTube film through here. I, I don't... I, I bet you he's not that busy right now. But, yeah, ultimately, I think Tiger, you know, he really... It's, it's actually helped his image because obviously he went through, you know, the affair and then, you know, the injuries and the, the DUI and, and that. So he was, he was as vulnerable, you know, outside of golf as anyone could be. And to see an athlete at that high of a level get sort of torn down and then gradually build himself up into someone that 20 years ago, you probably wouldn't expect to see him get emotional after a win like that. And I think it was truly special for him and, you see the resemblance of you know his first victory in 97 when he was hugging his dad who wasn't supposed to be there because he was recovering from a heart attack and then you see him hugging his son charlie and his daughter who wasn't also wasn't supposed to be there because she was at a soccer tournament it's just 
that's a pretty cool story and uh it's it's different to see tiger in that that light because prior to that tiger was just it was tiger no one knew anything other than tiger the golfer no one knew anything about his family or his life outside of golf well, I, and I'm glad you bring that up. And Jake, you asked a great question, a Thanks. big J question. Yep. yep. But but you've seen Tiger embrace great kind question, of the Tiger name. love, the T-shirts with the mug shot. Um, you know the the famous arm pump T-shirts. There's been a lot of love for Tiger. He's embracing it, which I think is helping your image too. But let's get back onto the course here, Blake. You know, the next we have ma- a short turnaround for the next major. He's favored to win it. I think two to three odds or three to two. I can't remember. I will have to talk to our Vegas insider. Um, who is not Mitch Robinson, former producer, even though he thinks he is. Do you see Tiger getting another major this year? Has he kind of topped out with this one? I mean, Jack Nicklaus's record is back oh, in yeah. talk here. I mean, where do we go on the course from here? Because like you said, you know, the door was open for DJ. He started to play a little bit well, Tony Finau. I mean, there's, this is a talented group of golfers we have. Can Tiger get another major this year? I mean, I, I think you bring up a good point with how, how deep the fields are. Thank and you. It was not a good point. <laughs> you, you saw the leaderboard on Sunday. How, a lot of those guys had major championships or they were looking for their first, but they're top 10, 15, 20 players in the world. So I think that's going to be the more difficult thing for Tiger moving forward is, you know, when he's pursuing it, it's not that he's – I think Tiger's going to play great and give himself plenty of opportunities as long as he stays healthy, which is the biggest question mark. If True. Tiger stays healthy, he could play for another 10 years realistically because, yes, he doesn't drive it as far as those other guys, but he still has that intimidating factor. He's, you know, getting more comfortable with, with his game now and, you know, he's driving the ball as accurate as, as he has. Right. But the long ball, I mean the long ball, cause Phil Mickelson did that unbelievable drive (laughs) Twitter video. Said the long ball really only helps. They did some nerd analytics, money ball stuff. (laughs) That was an amazing. It was great. It was great video. You Blomberg, you need to do that on your way. Um, to to, field stone and talk about it. And we'll do that as well. But, um, you know, the, the thing is, Tiger doesn't hit the long ball anymore. It really helps at Augusta. I mean, he may be in a better position at some of these courses because he doesn't hit it as far as he used to. Yeah, it, it'll be curious. You know, he's obviously won at Bethpage and Pebble, which, you know, Bethpage is where the PGA is being held at, and then the U.S. Open being held at Pebble. So those are two great opportunities for him to, to bring out another major. The PGA being moved from summer to, to spring, especially right. in the who knows what kind of weather they're going to have. I mean, it could be a day like today, outside cold and windy, or it could be 80. So you just never know. And and that's a long golf course, but a course, like I said, he's had success on. So wherever you have success, you always could go back to that experience. And, and it, it definitely puts you in a different mindset. Like, Hey, I could compete. And it's not like Tiger needs too much or needs any more motivation because right. he's at 15 and he's trying to get Jack. So is that, uh, is that uh, Beth page, Beth page black? Yes. No wonder it's long. Okay, that yep. makes sense. Yep, yep. The, you, the, the dots are kind of being connected yep. here and adding okay. up. But, Blake, I want to get you out the door on this one. I had my fair chance to rip Alexander Seafouse for arguably the worst tweet of not only the calendar year but of the decade with him saying my most controversial take, blah, 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 blah. Alex Faust saying the Masters is overhyped. I want to give you the floor and tell him why he is so wrong and why – 
millions, billions, and I don't even know how many of Americans were watching on Sunday. So how can it be over? According to Darren Ravel, 27% of households. Don't know how the hell you measure that, but that <laughs> nerd that went to your school figured that out. Let's go Cats. Yeah. So sorry, Blake, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think why it sort of became overhyped, or not necessarily oh, overhyped, but why is it why why it has became hyped up is really over the last you know, 40, 50 years before this recent schedule change, Augusta, the Masters was the first big tournament of the year. That's when when the Masters hit. That's when everyone started saying, "Well, you know, golf seasons actually started because college basketball is over, college football is over. The only sport it's really competing with right now is baseball. And when you have 162 games, people get bored with that relatively soon, especially when the Tigers are not very good. Um, but you know, the where where Augusta is different than others in the Masters is it's always played on the same golf course, and no matter what the conditions are or the field, it's always, you know." top-notch uh television and entertainment so i wouldn't say it's it, it's overhyped by by no means i could see where people might say that because it's you know every time it comes around you're seeing the the cheap menu and you know all the rules that the masters has and and all that it's it's the same product every year year in and year out but that's sort of what makes it special to to the majority of golf fans so i i by no means think that you're a hundred percent wrong but i i would lean towards that it's the right level of hype because it's a great tournament. And this year there was a lot of compelling storylines leading up to it, and it probably couldn't have finished any better than, than the way it did. Right. It was a great tournament, and as a guy who's actually had a pimento cheese sandwich, they're not that good. Same I would brag. eat a ton of them. I just but... want to know, Blake, how your rear end feels from sitting on the fence right now. I mean, was it, an, <laughs> was it a terrible tweet? Are you on my side or are you on Faust's side? Let's let's get it on the table here. Well, I... I, I would I would lean towards it's terrible because yeah thank I just, you I, I just can't see I mean major championships are you only get four of them a year and yes he had the players championship and then the FedEx so I you know, I think there's a lot of great events in golf but like I said the what makes the Masters great is it's this, at the same place there's everyone knows what it is and I think that familiarity actually helps people feel like. Oh yeah, the Masters, Augusta. I, you know, I haven't necessarily been there, but I've seen it enough, and I feel like everyone's a little uh, tied into that event more than, you know, Royal Port Rush, which is hosting the the Open Championship this year, or Chambers Bay. You know, courses that just don't come around. Detroit Public Golf Course. Oh, no doubt, Curry <laughs> Municipal Golf mm -hmm. Course. Mm -hmm. And with any other uh, fine establishment. Pirates Cove Putt-Putt. Yes, yeah. great spot. But, Blake, you know what's not overhyped is anytime we have you on the show, always exceeding expectations, which I don't even know why we have expectations. You always blow them out of the water. Truth. But appreciate your time. And when the next uh, company golf outing is planned, we'll be sure to include you, especially if you can get us onto any course for the right price, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anytime, guys. I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, next time, you know, I, I'm disappointed I couldn't pick my Masters champion because I'm not going to reveal it because everyone would be like, oh, you saw the leaderboard. But I'll keep that on the uh, – I'll keep that in my mind, and maybe I can pick the uh, the PGA Championship. Ooh, winner. yes, a tease for next time. As, as I we explained to you off-air, we had a couple of disagreements with the front office, why we weren't able to get a show together last week. That's that's on Faust, you know? Yeah. He's, he'll take 100% of the blame. Kid sucks. Yeah, because you know I won't. But uh, All right, Blake, always a pleasure, my friend. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Always good to have Blomberg on to discuss everything, golf, and so much more.
It, it really is. I mean, the guy knows the game. I mean, he knew exactly where to put the ball on 12, and he's never played it. I mean, he's talking about bunker depth. Whoa, what's going hold on, on. hold crazy. on. I knew exactly where Ray's to put it, creek. too, in the hole. Put it in the that, hole. I was a little shocked by that. He said, Tiger, put it in the center of the green. Isn't that what you and I try to do every time? Typically, typically, yeah. But more golf talk on the way. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Pistons talk. Uh, we'll see what else the show, has, the rest of the show has. There's a lot going on. You know, it's April in the D. Kind of. <laughs> oh, April in the D, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Stay with us. Reap Mon Files coming right back. I want to rock! Reap Mon Files back with you, the 123rd edition of our show. It's been a really happy show as of late. Yes. Um, we enjoyed having our golf insider, Blake Blomberg, on the show, and we enjoyed uh, really just a... A monumental sports day, recapping that, that was on Sunday. And there's so much joy. So I thought this second segment here, what better way than to rob us of our joy Mm -hmm. and just go with pure negativity and talk about the Pistons. That is the perfect way to get negative. you got to get negative in journalism. And the embarrassment that the Detroit Pistons have shown us. We're here in the great state of Michigan. I love... See, I think this is actually where I want to go with Okay. I didn't even plan this during the commercial break, but I'm going to start by saying I want. I want so badly to be a Detroit Pistons fan. I agree with that. I want to take pride in the... National Basketball Association franchise in my city of Detroit. I want to. I want more than anything. However, I will not. And I refuse to turn a blind eye at every embarrassing component of this franchise. And believe me, there are plenty. Right. There I mean, where do you want to start? Do you want to start at the top with Tom Gores getting drunk and saying Andre Dummond and double doubles, throwing t-shirts randomly at people? That's all he does. And then forcing employees to keep LCA open till four in the morning to get drunk? Where, or do we want to talk about Andre Drummond in that playoff game? That's one? where I want to start. I want to start on the actual floor, on the hardwood here. The game. Mm-hmm. Or we can even do a historical review. What is it? it's, it's 12. 12 straight playoff losses. 12 straight playoff losses, no win in forever, it seems like. And, you know, the the one thing when you talked about pride, because, again, we didn't talk about you opening it like this, so this is a natural reaction from me. And I'm not a diehard Pistons fan, but I follow them and like them. The pride we had as a city and a state with those going-to-work Pistons, five straight Eastern Conference Finals, winning the 4 title, just a little bit of that back would be so great. Is that really what you're getting at? Precisely, okay. Alexander okay. C. Faust. Precisely. Okay. And we can we can break it down by individual. Because I'll start with Andre Drummond. Sunday night, mm-hmm. I had to. Th- I've tried to eliminate it from my memory. That's why I couldn't think of what day it was. Sunday night was so embarrassing. It was such. It, everything came to light of why Andre Drummond is my most least likable athlete, maybe even in Detroit sports of all time. Wow. I can't do it anymore. Wow. I've watched him be a cancer to this team Mm -hmm. year after year, and finally he's, I mean, granted Blake Griffin didn't play on Sunday. True. But 
for the season, we have someone that we can get on board with, that we can take pride in. As you were just mentioning, someone that, I'm not going to say embodied what that 2004 team embodied, but Blake Griffin is a hard worker. He's a grinder. He'll give it. He'll give you everything he has. And he's damn good. Yes, yes. So something that I can get on board with, with this current Detroit Pistons team. Sunday night with Andre Drummond getting ejected. Now that everyone's going to get ejected for time and time. Right, yeah, that that's fine. right. But the way he conducted him, himself from the ejection into the post game, blowing kisses as your teammates, they had to be down, down 40. Down 35 points to Okay, be 35, 35 exactly. Points. You're blowing kisses to the Milwaukee Bucks fans. Why? Come on. It's brutal, brutally embarrassing, and I'm not articulating well here because it it it, stri- it strikes such a nerve with me. And I here's another sick brag. I was had to be at work for 97 on the ticket that night, so I'm mm-hmm. watching this as this is going down. And how he expects people to root for him is just so it's beyond me. He's the least likable player, least likable and least self aware. Because last year it was the free throw thing. This year it's been the babiness, the consistency. He's a cancer to this locker room. He's a cancer to the team. He's a cancer on the court because he just clogs up space for better players like Blake Griffin. And then to have the audacity down thirty five to blow kisses when you know you're going to get swept. The national Basketball Association playoffs, national TV, everybody's watching, and then the TNT crew ripped him. Oh my God! Into that shreds. Audio. That audio is incredible. And and I hate to give credit to this person, but former producer Mitch Robinson had a great tweet. He's like, "I'm glad the Pistons are on national TV, and the nation is getting to see what an embarrassment this franchise is." <laughs> and it, it's it's like you know we talked about wanting to tank so badly, and then we accepted that they would make the playoffs. They backed into the playoffs. And it just, it's nothing. They haven't had a top five pick that was acquired by them because the, the number two pick of Darko was a trade since 1996, Jake. It has been 23 years. They've never tried to rebuild. This is going nowhere. I'm not even that much of a Pistons fan, and you're getting me emotional. I was just going to say, I didn't want this, I didn't want to turn this into a let's just bash Detroit, the Detroit Pistons. And How do we not? I was though? just gonna say, there's any way I try to slice and dice this up, it's gonna turn into a 20 minute bitch and groan session about yep. the Pistons. But they've given us no choice, and that's the part where, again, working in this city, I love this city. I love all four franchises in this city. Yeah. But working, <laughs> yeah, shut up. Working. In, in the industry of sports media. I was going to say, you're about as close as you can get to it without working for the team. And having to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say put up with the portion of this fan base that wants to blindly accept everything that this organization does as truth and blindly follow along like a cult without holding them accountable is mind-boggling and as upsetting because it's like there's no... There's no accountability with this franchise. There's a portion of the fan base, you get on Twitter, and they're defending everything that everyone for this organization does, when in many cases, it's 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 so clear that there's nothing to defend with this organization. It is, I thought Sunday night was rock bottom. 
Sunday night was probably rock bottom. Then we have three other games to find out. <laughs> Hold my beer. Let me rock bottom again. Can Look, it it's get rudderless. Worse? I don't know if it can get worse. And, you know, for me, looking as an outsider, and I love the passion you share. You're you're part of this. You're doing the post game. You're talking to fans. This idea of no accountability, and I hate to do this, but it reminds me a little bit of the Lions. And you would think that fans would learn their lesson there, right? And hold this once proud franchise to a standard of accountability, but they just won't. But I think the Lions will get booed at home. They'll, True. I don't. I just. And I'm. I'm again. I'm talking about maybe if you draw a pie chart, maybe a ten to twenty percent of the fan base that blindly. But accept they're vocal. It. Yes. Yes. They're all over Twitter. You know who you are. Yep. And it, there's. It's this cult like following without any any sense of don't you want your organization to be better don't you want to be better than an right. eight seed why why is it wrong to to express your opinion of how you think this team can get better rather than accepting i'm not even going to call it mediocrity because what we've been witnessing is i mean granted it, the bucks are could be a case to win the nba championship Absolutely, so yes. that maybe that this would maybe this would happen to charlotte or to orlando if they were playing or miami or I don't whoever think was down 35 getting your arguably best player ejected but the, yeah great but there are there are layers to it because i i don't i think Dwayne Casey as the head coach embodies what this this franchise in this mm-hmm. city is all mm-hmm. about i think Blake Griffin which i already mentioned you have some role players you have some you know Luke Kennard was a bright spot offensively late especially he's come on of late can't yep. guard a shadow but that's all right we're we're going to focus on the positives yes. here there's and that's why i want i i started this segment by saying i want to root for this team and the the bad outweighs the good with me. There are so many. If you if you think of an apple, here's another ter- mm, terrible mm. terrible Jake analogy. Terrible okay, yeah, Jake excited. analogy, which we have many of these. Even no matter how good the apple is, when there's that nasty bruise that that just discolors it, that takes it all away, you're never going to buy that apple. No, that's what Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, and the portion of the fan base that blindly follow along are to me. They ruin the whole apple. What is the first rule of selling roadside beets? <laughs> you put the best ones in front. That is exactly what you do. And, and you're right about that apple analogy. I think it's a good one. You're selling yourself no, short. No, it was brutally bad. It, it, it It's tough because I think as a city... Everybody wants to embrace them, and I think your pie chart is right. 20% will just blindly defend them, but this city wants to embrace them. It's just this rudderless ship with an embarrassment of an owner who nixed two trades that would have been positive to get rid of Andre Drummond in that disgusting contract, to get rid of Reggie Jackson, and build something around him. Hold on, Andre Drummond is a guy you want to build your franchise around. He's a leader, because when he was ejected and faced some adversity, you know how he handled in the the postgame when he was asked about the ejection? No, tell me, you're a media guy. Yeah, yeah, well, I had the pleasure of cutting this sound cut up. He said, got to shower early. There is no uh, Johnny Kane asked the question. I am good, lost of good words. friend of the program. Yes, the friend Johnny, of the program, Johnny. Johnny Kane, yes. Kane said basically, "How did you feel about getting ejected early?" And he said, "I got to shower early." And that perfectly and shows and how take, terrible take it this a step team further. Well respected journalist that's been in the field thirty plus years, very experienced. That's not to call her old, but Jennifer Hammond. Everybody of Fox knows too. who she is. Yes, yeah. a face of this city. 
did nothing egregious by any means. She put on Twitter what Andre Drummond said. He said it. He said, I have the audio of it, which maybe we can add the audio. Yeah, here. we'll have to we'll talk I'll, to you. I'll try to add the audio. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. Even if it's not in there. Andre Drummond says, I got to shower early. And she put that on Twitter, to which Andre Drummond has the audacity to try to strike up a Twitter beef with Jennifer Hammond. The fact that he's looking up media members. Yeah, because she didn't even tag him. him. Right. He's searching his name. It makes him what I would say, and I don't know if I can say it on this program, but a BBB. You know what, Jake? I'll say it. A baby back bitch. Yes. If you are searching your name, somewhat of a Kevin Durant move in his mm-hmm. burner accounts, Brian Colangelo and the Sixers in his burner accounts, it's an absolute embarrassment. Jennifer Hammond, mind you, was doing her job. Yes. Complete actually, you know what? The power of the cellular device here mm. inside our studio, I'm still able to connect to the interweb. Here's the exact exchange. Okay. Jennifer Hammond, she's got the blue check mark verified. Mm-hmm. She says when asked how tough it was not to be able to finish the game because of his flagrant two, Drummond said, quote, I got to shower early. That's the end of the tweet. 100% factual. That's all it is. 100% facts. Just reporting it. That's what happened. To which Andre Drummond, again, he was not tagged in it. There was nothing there was no nothing that would uh, there was no intent to spark something He in my had opinion. to seek this out. Yes. Andre Drummond responds with "See you Wednesday, Jennifer." dot dot dot. Have same have that same energy. I've been good to you my whole career and you want to turn the knife when we as a team is having a rough night. All good at Detroit Pistons. We aren't dead. It's only game one. Let's turn things around Wednesday. I don't. I, <laughs> you got to respond because I can't. I don't. I don't. It's hard to respond because he had to seek it out. He's trying to spark controversy, and he's such a baby back bitch. He's so thin skinned. He's trying to create something out of nothing instead of just admitting you made a mistake, going to work like a professional athlete should, and ignoring the media. Where does Be he get good all... to you. What, what negativity is there? He created the only negativity. Exactly. And what? Where does he get off by saying turn the knife when we as a team? is having a rough night. She's just repeating what you said. You say, this, this is the softest, this city is the softest media there is. They hold the water for all these teams. <laughs> what are you going to do if you were in New York? They oh would have They would have pooped all over him for lack of a better term for doing that. The, and, but why, okay, and then, all right, this is the last thing. We've spent too much time we're getting on this. heated. Yeah, we are. We're going to get into the rest of the NBA playoffs, maybe yes. some NHL stuff too here in a second. But I want to go to this portion of the tweet when he says, Let's turn things around on Wednesday. Or he says, we aren't dead. It's only game one. Let's turn things around on Wednesday. Say that in the post-game presser. Right. Say that instead of I got to shower early. Say, this was a tough moment, but it's only one game. Let's turn things around. I shouldn't have acted that way. I'm ready to respond and overcome the adversity that I caused because I'm the one that got myself ejected. How can I understand this? But the professional athlete, Andre Drummond, can't. Well, I think what I take from it beyond that is that he doesn't understand that they are dead. Dead in the water. <laughs> so, yes, this idea that you're not dead is wrong. You, you know, are dead. I got to – I didn't – You're heated. I am. I am. You're heated. I'm heated. If it's I was your at, team. If I was at Orange Theory and my heart rate monitor was Oh, on, you'd be in the red. I'd be in the red. Oh, I'd be, no. I'm getting splat points doing a podcast right mm-hmm. now. I'm mm-hmm. getting splat points. But – 
Woo! I, and I didn't plan for this to happen. We got We got to move on. Change the subject. Let's the, move on. Let's Gold, move on. All right. NBA all right. playoffs. Golden State came back. Blew the a Clippers. Point right. Lead. All right, right. Let's talk about now. That. Here's. A, I have a take on the Golden State Warriors. I want to bounce it off you. We see every year Steph Curry kind of fake an ankle injury right around <laughs> the beginning of playoffs. You're gonna get me heated again. Just in case he doesn't shoot well or they lose, so they have a narrative Let's if they def- don't win. Yes, you're very. Our very. Remember when the show was just starting? It yes. was that Cleveland 2016, right? Yes. Cleveland and Golden State Finals. Mm-hmm. You had all the hate for Steph Curry. Can't stand him. Yeah. I what I was in the driver's seat because I had Golden State. Cleveland came back from 3-2 down and won, right? Yes. That was the, yep. Okay, I predicted right. it. It was great. But you have a Davidson jersey. True. So, you know. Steph Curry, Davidson jersey. I was a fan before. It was cool. Point being, I don't think he fakes any kind of injuries. But how it's it, – I look at it like the Mike Krzyzewski back injury, right? If Duke's ever struggling and are going to lose, Mike Krzyzewski's back hurts. <laughs> Whenever the playoffs come around with Golden State Warriors – Steph Curry's ankle hurts, so the narrative that he's not 100% is easier when they lose. 31-point comeback. Read all the articles. Everybody's talking about it. Steph Curry's ankle, not 100%. How does it happen year after year? But the one I want to give credit to, Patrick Beverly of the Clippers, 10 inches shorter than Kevin Durant, guarded him unbelievably, got up under him, and really, that shouldn't happen if no. Kevin Durant, you're one is of the best Kevin players Is Kevin Durant checked out? Or is he checked into the New York Knicks, baby? <laughs> oh, yeah. I forget, you're New- I forget you're a Knicks fan. I, I try to sometimes as well. Yes. <laughs> I mean, for obvious reasons. Right. But uh, people that know far more than me, John Barry, mm-hmm. uh, who called that game, was on the Dan Patrick Show. Those of you that know me know I listen to that religiously, saying he felt like the body language of Kevin Durant suggested he's moved on from Golden State. I would agree that he has, and here's a rumor that I heard. Uh, this isn't exactly what they teach you at Medill Big J School, but the rumor Medill is Dill, we yes, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are both going to the Knicks, and all they're doing right now is trying to figure out who announces it on Instagram first, <laughs> because whoever announces it second is looked at as the follower. So True. that's where we are in this league. I need a dual Instagram live moment together to avoid any of this. Maybe the, the this screenshot could be career, of the notes. Right, that could be career-threatening. It could. You'd be a follower, so it's whoever announces first, which hey, I'm okay. The Knicks relevant makes me happy. I mean, we have the greatest player of all time, Channing Fry retiring, so I'm down on the NBA. We're moving on because we need to give proper recognition to the best Twitter account in the NBA for the NBA playoffs, and that is the Philadelphia 76ers. Not a... a, uh, You know what? Because I love my Pistons so much, but it's so obvious what we just hashed out for the last 15 minutes that I'm not in a mental state to cheer for them right now. We're not going to talk about it. Right. But this makes me happy. The Philadelphia 76ers Twitter account with the office references. And there's been a couple of good ones, but they all center around Mike Scott, obviously Michael Scott from the office. Friend of the program. Yes. Yesterday in their game to win, after Mike Scott made a couple of shots, the 76ers tweeted out, quote, am I a hero? I really can't say, but yes. <laughs> and that reference is amazing. But they also had the um, Mike Scott wearing the Scranton Penguins hockey yes. jersey, number yes. one, from Dwight, which I was a huge fan of. Unbelievable move. Are we, as a podcast, just going to jump on the 76ers bandwagon purely because of this? 100%. I already have. We have to choose a team. Great friend of the program, classmate, 
fellow classmate at Northwestern University, graduate of 2018, mm-hmm. Lauren Rosen, also a huge, huge Office fan, is a big Big engine behind that office content there for the Philadelphia 76ers. The the work she's doing, uh, one could say, is um, God's work. Life changing. She's God's work. Yes. She has. Biblical. Yes. We'll go with that. Mm -hmm. She has made me a 76ers fan. I'm all in. I'm all in. You know, get a few more of those from Dwight. Maybe some outfits um, from pregame of the basketball game in the outfit. They walk in there. That would be great. But so, NBA playoffs, a lot going on. Look. If we're going to talk NBA playoffs, it, to me it really doesn't start till the second or third round. I'm all in the NHL playoffs right now. Ah, you got the lightning mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. on the ropes. Uh, Calgary's looking like a wagon out there. Colorado's hot, though, playing them. I mean, the, the NHL playoffs have been unbelievable. Tro- Toronto and Boston are just trying to kill each other. Right, right. I was just about to say the Toronto and Boston highlights I've watched have just made me, I think every player should just be wrapped up in bubble wrap for their own safety. Right, right. And transition to that, speaking of safety, um, Alexander Ovechkin. Oh, yeah, he wanted for murder. Murder. Straight murder on the ice. Have never seen anything like it. And then, you know, I don't know if you follow hockey Twitter very much, but hockey Twitter gets all mad that he did a fight. The rookie was asking for yeah, it. Yes. What's a guy going to do? He walked up to him, skated up to him, yeah. <laughs> and said, Mr. Ovechkin, I am cruising for a bruising. Mm-hmm. And what is Michael Scott say? Uh, Toby is cruising for a bruising. You going to hit me? You going to hit me? <laughs> Come, on. Come on. Come on. That's kind of what it was like. Do it, Toby. Do it. Come on. <laughs> Hit him. Should've what are you going to do? Should have hit him. And Ovi, Ovi sent a message. He did send a message, even though they lost the game 5 nothing, 5-0, gentlemen sweep. You that's know, okay. that's where we're going to happen. So NHL playoffs have been great. NBA playoffs have been boring. The Pistons are an embarrassment. And and look, I'm looking across from you in our studio, great radio. You're rattled. It seems like the My Pistons face have is like grabbed flushed. your emotion. Yes, you know, like, you're I, yeah. I, I, It looks like I just completed an Orange Theory class. Yeah, you still go there? Yeah, uh, good spot. Occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're going to close out the show with a little bit more Masters talk, maybe even recap some of that NCAA tournament. I know it was ages and ages ago. Still worth talking about. It's the Reetma and Faust Show, and it is on Sports Radio America. Final segment of the day, it's Reetma and Faust. Had a couple things on the table, starting with Masters re- reaction. Got into the Pistons. I got re- I got a little bit over- overwhelmed, a little bit worked up. No, I think you were perfectly worked up. That is the embarrassment this team has shown, and I love when fanboy Jake kind uh, of comes out. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit. There. But that wasn't was that, usually out. the fanboy Jake is irrationally believing in something associated with the Detroit True. Tigers, which they we they tried to do to me again. Seven and three start. I was yep. at opening yep. day. Couldn't. I mean, you at well, you know, the weekend against the Minnesota Twins when you when you strike out two different times with bases loaded or whatever it was in the ninth. It mm-hmm. might. The exact details escape me, but point being, there's there, I've been brought fanboy Jake with the Tigers been brought back down to earth right. quickly, yeah. quickly. But negative fanboy Jake doesn't come out that often because usually I don't see it worth my time. No, and that's how that's how I feel with this Pistons team. But it's almost like I was being forced to because of because of having to watch it from start to finish at the 97 on the ticket studios and then cut up all the audio and then host the post game that sort of thing. And, and answer the calls and listen to irrational Pistons fans because it was me, it was in my face 
and I've endured it. Thank you, Jake, for really thank you for your service. Yes, yeah. Thank you for, for responders, in- troops, and you. Right, yeah. right. That that's why I think I'm so riled up on this. But Sunday, watching the Masters, I'm going back to mm-hmm. go to your happy place. Not like Happy Gilmore. Yes. A little golf. Hey, that is a nice. golf segue yep. back to the Masters. Mm-hmm. I thought Ricky Fowler was going to quietly do it, but of course I think that every weekend because I wrote about it on 97ontheticket.com that Ricky needs to break through and I thought this could be the weekend. Here's wh- He might not get his major this year, but here's what I need out of Ricky. Tell me if it's too crazy. Sponsored by Quicken Loans. Main sponsor of the PGA yes. Tour. Coming to, to Detroit, the D. have tickets. I need oh, a win there. Yes, yes, yes. That's you what have I tickets. Yes, I, was I actually, do. I was yes. talking to a good friend of the program, Dave Attenson. About That's who this got very me the thing. tickets. Perfect. Yes. We need. We need to. We need to be there and perhaps do some live video there. I think we should just do a whole show. Just yeah. a whole show there. Um, Dave is in the VIP tent, he told me. Good. Kind of a big deal. Works for Quicken Loans. But also, you know, it's going to be cool to... I don't know if you've ever been to a PGA Tour event. Sick brag, Sick brag, I have. I've covered one. Oh, not a big deal. LPGA, uh, yeah. but go on. They're great. Yes. It, it really is cool, and it just reminds me how bad I am at golf. Yes. Uh, which is always a good thing. Yes. No, when I was last year at the KPMG LPGA Championship in Kemper Lakes, mm-hmm. one of... Um, nice area. Yeah, great area. Kildare, Illinois. Mm. Great spot. It's a nice, easy hour and 15 minutes or 45-minute drive from Chicago, depending on traffic. And what lane you're in. Maybe even 30 minutes oh. if if you're going at like 2 in the morning. Okay. But and, but um, that's also where I, I met the ESPN caddy. Yes, yes. Blanking on the name right now. <laughs> but you know what the big thing from that that I remember is the food yes. was unbelievable. Incredible, incredible. And okay. here I am getting back to my favorite... My 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 happy place. We're talking about media food. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. gets me happier than media food. Well, and I saw some media food issues at the Michael NCAA Collins. Michael I, I, Collins. I was say, yeah, I, I call him Mister Collins. That's why I call well, him. Well, you're respectful. Right. Very J. respectful. Yeah. Nice guy. Spent the gave me the time of day. Really can't say enough nice things. About Maybe he'll be Michael at the Collins. Detroit PGA Tour event. Probably. And I can't think of the name with that beard. Killer beard. Yeah. I'm we assuming it's the, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Am I wrong to guess that's what it's called? No, you're not okay, wrong. Thanks. We'll find out, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get, get that covered. Yeah, we'll we'll okay. get that. But it's. I know a lot of time has elapsed since this, but uh, we haven't had the show. We mentioned a little turmoil that went on yep. with the front office. Everything's good. Yep. Everything's yeah. good now. But we haven't had a show since the conclusion of, our, of March Madness, mm-hmm. of the NCAA tournament, with the one shining moment. Virginia Cavaliers come out as the champions, which was the best comeback story in sports yep. until Sunday when Tiger ruined well, that. Well, true. Right, right. But to lose to a number 16 seed, the year before, come back to the number one seed, win it all. Very impressive. And this is the worst part of it all. Former producer Mitch Robinson picked it and is the winner of our bracket challenge. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. It really ruins the tournament for me. You know, interesting Final Four, Michigan State uh, choking against Texas Tech. That defense was great. Uh, Tom Izzo, hot seat maybe, uh, being debated (laughs) in a lot of different areas on Twitter and in the sports media. Being debated by you, but yes. And Michael Keith Jr., uh, both of us. So, you know, it was was a good tournament. Liked the turnout. Um, You know, your Tennessee pick was... uh, Not great. Not great. All right, here's my thing with Tennessee basketball, though, because... 
Um, if we're going to, you know, Duke was everybody's pick. Yes. I was having this conversation with my two brothers who are both Duke slaps Mm -hmm. and I was making fun of them for Duke getting, you know, you could make the case that they were eighth place. Yes. And Tennessee also was, I mean, they lost the round before in the sweet 16, but Tennessee had Purdue beat. People forget that. People forget Purdue that, and of course the more notable three-point foul was the semifinal game between Auburn and Virginia. But Mm -hmm. a very similar play transpired in the Purdue-Tennessee game in the closing seconds. And it was dumb of Lamonte Turner to foul. But point being, Tennessee was one second away from beating Purdue. Purdue, one second away from beating Virginia to get to the Final Four. Virginia wins the national championship. I know you guys are smart out there. I'm not going to insult our audience Follow my logic here. Tennessee basically won the national championship. Put up a banner. Yeah. Put up a banner. That's that's what I would do. And I'm glad you can justify it. You know, they'll be back next year, lose a little bit of talent, but Rick Barnes comes back, correct? Yeah. Rick Barnes, so excited to yes. come back. Um, this uh, Tell me, Faust, you're a former athlete. I'm a former mm-hmm. athlete. Rick Barnes was a front runner or rumored or linked to the UCLA job. Mm-hmm. We know that he did not get it. The um, Cincinnati coach, uh, Cronin. Mick Cronin. Mick yeah, Cronin yeah. is mm-hmm. the coach at UCLA. Well, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But Rick Barnes was asked about the whole moving universities, taking another job situation. And tell me how motivating this quote is if you're going to be playing for Rick Barnes. When asked about staying at Tennessee, here's what Rick Barnes had to say. Quote, it has to make sense from a financial standpoint. And the bottom line is we just couldn't work it out. The buyout, that is. That $5 million buyout. (laughs) You know what that tells me? People wanted to hire his ass. (laughs) <laughs> that is one thing. And the second thing is Tennessee is back. But people wanted to hire his ass. People want to hire my ass. That's that's what that's what I take from that. So People want to hire my ass. Things are looking good for Tennessee basketball. And also, you know, Tennessee football had the spring game, third and four, threw it for three yards <laughs> on a game-winning drive. I mean, things are looking up in Knoxville. The women's basketball program did move on from Holly Warlick, but that's a whole different story. Right. So, I mean, it is, it is kind of sad. Uh, we had some friends at uh, the University of Tennessee on the women's basketball staff mm-hmm. no longer be there. But uh, I, I don't know. My I, I love my Tennessee Vols, but uh, I just like maybe just like with the Pistons, I just kind of need to take a couple of steps back. Right yeah, now. you know what? It's a good time, though. You know, NHL playoffs, yeah, NBA playoffs, NHL going to the dog day of summers. Right. You know, focus on you, We Jay. got the draft coming up. Oh, we could baby. hypothetically do mock drafts every single day from now. No, back up. We have missed out on three months of doing hypothetical mock drafts. We could be on mock draft 45.8. All right, here's who I got at the Lions with the fourth pick in my mock draft 5.9. I think my favorite thing about the mock drafts on the radio in this area are the trades that they're speculating <laughs> and where they could pick from and who would be available. I think the Lions should trade Stafford for first-round picks for the next eight years. <laughs> would be, it's been talked about. Thought about it. I'm in. You know, I have to give the NFL credit. A really good move by them to host the draft in the uh, future Super Bowl champion city the year before. Really classy move by the NFL. Just yeah, big up. Big move by them. Shut up, Faust. That's how we're going to end today. It's been a fantastic show. Our thanks to Blake Blomberg for his time and 
expertise and knowledge on the game of Love when golf. It comes out. It's always a pleasure. Any big plans for you this weekend? Uh, big. This is arguably the douchiest thing I've ever said and done. Have been roped into a CrossFit competition <laughs> on Saturday. So you why know, you, why are you waiting till now if, to tell me if this? you if you want to come visit and watch oh me in gosh. a competition, I'm filling in for someone. I've been talked what? into it, and I wait, will be wait, participating. Wait, wait. Yes. Um, we're we're gonna have to extend. This is real. We're gonna have to extend the end of the show. Fortunately, our producers at Sports Radio America are more than more than understanding here. All right, thirty seconds or less. What the hell is going on with you in a CrossFit competition? How did this happen? So sick brag. I do CrossFit, and again, you don't actually do it unless you talk about right. it. So I'm talking about you it. You are a loser. Yep, huge loser. So uh, there was a guy had a little bit injury, tore his bicep, and <laughs> said, "Hey, yeah, I need so you to fill you in like, for wait, me." Wait, why? So why doesn't why he just drop out of the tournament? Well, it's a partner, so <laughs> you have two people. <laughs> you have, you're gonna let two other people down. One person down, <laughs> but maybe my entire gym yeah. down as oh, well because I'm representing our gym. But yeah, so Saturday <laughs> I will be in downtown Detroit at a CrossFit competition. Heat one, <laughs> 9 a.m. CrossFit in the D. Oh, uh, come on by and laugh God. at me. I, I want to be booed. Oh, I wish so badly I could be there, but um, not yeah, hot near, ticket, tough ticket. Not ticket. nearly as douchey, but I am jetting off, not to an international business trip mm. to Winnipeg. Canada, but I am flying south to play golf for four days. Wonderful. Perfect time. Inspired by Tiger. I wouldn't have done it without Tiger. You, Just kidding. I've had a plan for a while. You and your golf trips are electric content. Yeah. Um, last year in Tennessee, a great one. So excited That's for the That's on the calendar for this year as well. Good. So Good. can't wait for okay. that. But yeah, I'm going to play a little golf with Dr. Ronald Isaacson there in Vero. Probably go to Vieira, Florida. Yes. I'm maybe Jake, Port St. Jake Lucie. Owens Bar. Yes. Yes. That's in Vero. Yes. Yes. I'm yet to see him there, but fingers crossed, maybe we'll see him there. We'll cruise to the river. Get him on the show. Perhaps, perhaps. Maybe get him on the show. You know he's a big golf fan. Did that whole exchange with Phil Mickelson. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Unbe- At the wedding? Great. Unbelievable content. I like that Phil Mickelson's becoming more human. The yeah. content he's been going and his calves. But back to your golf trip. We got uh, like 10 seconds. Excited left. for Ron's fashion with the golf trip and those up. I'll have lots of pictures. That'll do it for this edition of Rebirth Files. Talk to you next time.